Okay. <laughs> okay. So, okay. you know that feeling when you play video games all day for three days straight and it just kind of makes you like like antisocial and, and slovenly and, and kind of sleepy all the time? And feel good? Yeah. No. No, I don't feel good. I mean, the games were good, though. <clears throat> what games did you play, George? Hang on, hang on. Welcome to the TOVG Podcast. <laughs> Hello and welcome. Oh, oh fuck, I just closed my browser window with all the games I've been playing. Well, uh in the meantime, while you while George while George Weedman host host and co-host of the TOVG oh, podcast shit. opens hope, up his web browser. I hope Firefox remembered all those tabs. Ah, oh, Jesus Christ. Uh my name is Jimmy Sunder. We also got Matt Visual. We are your standard TOVG podcasting crew. Here again for another week of oh, no. gaming discussion. Shut up, George. I don't want to restore that session. Whoa. Oh, no. Oh, no. You okay. clicked the wrong new tabs, huh? <laughs> so so here on this podcast, we uh, we talk about video games and what we've been doing this week. And, and we never restart the podcast if we have intro issues. We just fucking go with it. I, I've had one of those weeks where I've done nothing Except be a fat, dumb slob, oh, yeah. and I've just like eaten food and <laughs> okay. and played For Honor, and right. not really did much. I don't know. <clears throat> I, I played a little Siege last uh, last Thursday. The new operators are good. There's there's one called Mira who puts a little window on a wall, and that really changes uh, the game a oh, lot. You can, wait, you can put a window. What? She she puts a window on a wall that attackers can't see through, but defenders can see out of. But attackers can see it from a good long distance because you see like a black rectangle. So you're like, oh, I better steer clear of that wall and and change mm. my angle of attack because uh, she can only place two of them, which means there's still other good angles to choose from. Or right. uh, you you can also still work around it. And like create distractions at other sides while still approaching from the mirror angle is pretty cool stuff. One of the uh, fun tricks that I found as defender is to put it on a breakable wall and use it to uh, wall bang people from the other side of it while still not breaking the window. Like kind of putting it on a piece of drywall and then firing through the drywall at people on the other side by mm -hmm. by using your visibility to kind of guess where they are as you fire into the drywall. Right. Um, Sounds like fun. Sounds like cool addition. Yeah. Yeah. Attackers <coughs> still use yeah, their old me. tools to counter it. There's a d attacker that they released called Jackal, who apparently has a visor that basically turns on Batman vision that uh, mm. sees people's footprints and, and wow. people suspected he would be overpowered as shit. I haven't had a lot of um, opportunities to play with him. The idea for him is to like hunt around the map for for defenders who are hiding outside of the objective. The people who are playing as roamers, which uh, are are a huge advantage that defenders have always had. The like classical procedure is to clean out the defenders, the defenders roaming, then go after the defenders camping the objective. Right. But as defender, you're supposed to synchronize between those two parties of players to harass the attackers as they come in. And um, Jackal is is supposed to be changing that up a bit. I don't really know, though. When I was playing, not a lot of people played as him. And that was during the week where only season pass holders could play. And I haven't had a chance to play that since because I've just been chipping away at For Honor this whole week. 
Oh. So, speaking of For Honor, what are you thinking of it? Because you've been playing the full game, right? Not just the open beta? Yeah. I think um, it's really, really good. And this see, is only multiplayer, right? Not single player? They have a campaign. They have you have a campaign. That? You can play it uh, co-op online. I heard that, and I was like almost touching myself. Uh, the campaign isn't that... It's not super great, but it is just good. Okay. that's. I want you guys to know real quick that there is a car alarm going off behind me. It's not picking up on Discord, but goddamn, it's probably picking up on my mic, so I apologize, listeners. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, this is, this is going to be a good one. Uh, one yeah. of those podcasts uh, I've had one of those weeks playing for honor basically every day for almost 10 hours straight because that Eesh. game is real freaking neato I, I, I'm sure you guys know the spiel that it's it's basically a fighting game from third person mm. and where well, you I wiggle mean, yeah, the right I, stick I, is, about is this, your yeah. stance yeah, I, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, think we, I think we all know what it is I, I've been I played I don't know, probably three or four hours in the beta. I didn't get a lot of time with it. Um, And the reason I didn't get a lot of time with it is I had like an extra day before the game came out that I still had the beta and I chose not to play because uh, that game is a fucking frustration machine is what that is. There's a lot to learn. There's a lot to learn and there's a lot of stuff where, first of all, I think I should have plugged in a controller yeah um, <laughs> i keep saying but, it i keep saying it but second of all there is some stuff in that game that i'm like i understand that i don't like AAA games for the most part like okay so i understand the game's supposed to be sort of like loose and flowy and like realistic movement right i hate the running animation and the feel of running and everything it's so mm-hmm. Ubisoft it's so like Assassin's Creed like <laughs> I can I can see the person in the mocap suit doing this uncomfortable run in a room somewhere and I'm like that's not how people run like I don't know that's a, that's a personal nitpick but I've never liked the look of of the animation in that regard the fighting is pretty fucking cool um there's a lot of shit where I'm like okay well I definitely you know, practically threw my mouse forward at the screen to block that. So I feel like I deserve the block, but you know, it's okay. I'll just get hit instead. Um, the peacekeeper is a sack of shit or peacemaker or peace, whatever the Assassin's Creed class. No, she's that good. one. She's a piece of shit. No, she's um, okay. No, she's a piece of shit. Uh, oh, the one that also, runs up on top of you onto your shoulders and twists dual off. Dual swords. Yeah, she yeah. she dances around you really, really good. Like like really confused. She can poison you. You can, can rock poison climb on top really of you. Is what's yeah. fucking annoying. And you dash around poison. and and she's good. She's good. The the poison really really feels dissatisfying to die to because it's like. Man, I've been blocking so well, and like this has been a tough battle. Oh, but and then like you, as you're holding back and like pacing, you just die, and you're like, "Oh, that's right, she's kind of bullshit." But being no. aggressive, you you can't play the game too defensive. There has to be a balance. Just block and attack. You can't just block, 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 because you will die. Well, it, I'm saying like I in a good in like a good battle where you're like trading blows and blocking, and it's like you know fucking Anakin versus Obi Wan like length 
of battle. Like, you get down to, like, low HP on both sides, but if you're against the Peacemaker, it's like, oh, wait, yeah, she hit me, so I'm just dead anyway. Okay, so you know what you do? Don't fight the Peacemaker. Oh, my God. Poison works really slow, and uh, unless you have, like, one of the stupid overpowered buffs in the campaign that you don't get in multiplayer, you really don't do a lot of immediate damage with hits that apply poison and and they cost stamina and and if you're noticing that your health bar has the little big obvious oh no i'm poisoned effect stashed on it you basically then have like your cue to play aggressive if you have lethal poison damage poison damage and still manage to kill the peacemaker by the end of the fight it'll count as a tie and you'll just go on to the next round with no one being considered the victor and that's, I, I think that's neat. Like, yeah. like she has her, like, her grab, then stab, 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 which poisons you for something like, I don't know, one-ninth of your health bar? It's not a lot. Eh, her, it's her enough heavy... to where I have died several times, and I don't think that the indicator is as obvious as it could be. In fact, I, I think that the UI of For Honor is not great. I think I, what, what if you if you ever play For Honor again... I think what you should do is not play with other people, but practice for hours with the bots. Cause that's, oh yeah, that's what I was doing mainly. I, we only played two or three people matches, but most of it was against bots. So I played hours. Okay, I thought I was only going to play an hour, but me and my friend got on there uh, before the open beta closed. And we played uh-huh. 2v2s, okay, against uh-huh. other people. And I got to say, the first match went horribly wrong until we we started to practice with each other. And he kind of like showed me what I was missing. When I got back in, it was one of the funnest games I've played in a long time. Like those poison guys, they tend to be aggressive. They really want to poison you. They really (laughs) they really want to poison you. So you block and you wait for your chance. But once you get in, you get in in so so it's a fighting game right if you can predict that they want to use their poison moves on you then you set your block to that stance that they've been spamming the whole time yeah and then basically like get ready to start parrying it It now i i i understand it i'm just saying it's a mechanic i like less than the rest of the game i don't think it's game breaking i just one of those things where like i never came out of a fight with a peacemaker up or down that was like satisfactory Whereas, like, the other classes, even, like, the Berserker, the, like, two-axe Viking that I also don't like a lot. But that was just because the Relentless Assault was so hard to keep blocking, especially with mouse controls. Um, I felt much more satisfied, like, fighting other classes. It's just, like, certain ones have little, like, they fill a weird role that's hard to get used to in a short amount of time. And you you feel, like, cheated out of your life in the first stages of the game which makes it it made me less inclined to want to keep playing even though i know like well I, you just learned the the tells but like um i don't know i guess my only other big complaint is fucking fall damage man like <laughs> oh my god like, i can understand some fall damage but let me paint you a picture of a 4v4 where three of us crushed our our you know our opponents and there was just one left that was dueling with our last guy and i was like i'm gonna run over there and find him and he tried to run off so i was like i'm gonna cut him off at the pass and i'm on a, on a little land bridge 10 feet above the ground full health i drop off and die and i'm like <laughs> excuse me 
Excuse me, Ubisoft. Excuse me, anybody. Do you know how a human body works? I'm a battle-hardened warrior. I may roll my ankle or, like, break it at the worst. I'm not going to fucking die there wasn't jumping a sack off a of little hay cliff. there waiting for you? No? No, there was not. <laughs> I don't know. I'm mixed on it. It's just a game that frustrates me a lot, and I found myself wanting to stop playing wait, often wait. but i think the the nail in the coffin would for you would be if you were on the ladder and someone slid and you got down slid and down, down on top of the ladder and you died that's a legitimate tactic don't climb up a ladder if there's an enemy at the top of it okay that is then the they should explain to you somewhere in the tutorial ever that you can one shot people sliding down a ladder which makes no sense by the way uh, it is it's I wish that super you could lame. Hear I give you how that. deep my face is in my palm right now. <laughs> okay. To, then then Unless if you're they have all high, these high, little high. mechanics, yeah. let me know what they are in advance. Because of course I won't follow someone up a fucking ladder if I know they can slide backwards and stab me. Well, it, it's more of a it's more going for a realistic type of style than the you know the arcadey type. But it's yeah. still a fighting game, and it's 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 definitely fighting game. Like you can't you just st- pick a character and jump in. And I know that kind of sucks for people who just want the simple stuff. But if yeah. you're fighting someone who knows what they're doing, you are going to get wrecked. I and mean, I've you seen absolutely uh, granted amazing yeah. gaps in skill disparity. Like so, so the very first matches that I got into, I was I was getting my ass kicked, of course, right? But then I played for a day against bots and got to a point where a lot a lot of the players, even the upper level high ones, think that the bots are unfair and that they're bullshit because they're fighting game AI. They can predict your moves and just like instantly hammer out the ultra combo button mash because they don't have fingers. They they don't got to like dance their fingers across the controller. They can just press the button and instantly do good stuff. So what I did was when the full game came out, not when the full game came out, when I got a press code and no one was playing on online, apparently game journalists didn't want to play for honor a day before it comes out. So I just played with bots for 10 hours straight on stream, starting at the beginning of the day of me completely getting obliterated, ending the day with me being able to dance around these bots and even hold my own in like 3v1 situations. I uploaded a video of it on YouTube. The next day I get online and I do okay. I do way, way better than the first day where I was getting my ass stomped. And uh, I've been playing it with Pat. And Pat's been playing fighting games his whole life. He knows a lot of weird ass fighting game logic that I don't. And he was able to pick it up way faster than me and completely kicked my ass the first day. The second day... When I played with him again, he was still doing better than me, but I was able to at least hold my own this time and, and like mm. maybe one against him like like I, I don't know, half the time instead of losing all the time. And um, but then I, I ended up getting matched up with another friend of mine named his screen name is named Ping. But I just want to say it's Ping because playing with this guy like... <sighs> This is also a day after my friend Ryan picked it up, played it for a day. I was able to steamroll him. Pat was able to steamroll me. Ping was able to just like effortlessly steamroll all of us. And so for two hours after everyone else had to go to bed, me and Ping 
basically like trained in the dojo for two (laughs) hours. And for two hours, he was showing me all of these crazy tricks that I still wasn't able to get because they require really fancy moves with your fingers to be able to get across because on controller. And I think this is why controller players are actually at a disadvantage. You have to move your thumb to hit the guard break and faint button. Whereas with keyboard, Mm. I I bet those thumb movements are a lot faster. I, I think that if you were able to set the uh, block sensitivity to something that agrees with the mouse better than what they have set up by default, keyboard players might actually be in an advantage here because you have to take your yeah. thumb off of the block to press uh, the guard break to counter that, which is something I've also had a big problem with. But by the end of the night, after I trained in the dojo with Ping, he, he like set it to a <laughs> best out of 99 rounds one-on-one duel and, and like beat me maybe 40 times in a row until finally i beat him after learning all the tricks and mastering them i beat him three times in a row he's still way better than me but ever since then i've played it for four more hours since then today and i haven't lost a single match now at all and it's just like amazing seeing this this learning process actually work it makes me feel like there's really some some good depth and and long tail viability to this game because there's there's such a, a skill ceiling a really high skill ceiling and and uh at those upper levels it really is all about mind games and fainting opponents into blocking in the wrong direction and and doing some trick that they aren't aren't expecting to do and also at the higher levels the problem with the game right now is that it actually is too defensive you have a lot more defensive tools than offensive tools there's mm. basically two characters that that the community has found are are favorable in matchups, and that's the Warlord who has a shield. It's easy for, right. for players who are learning yeah. the game to kind of spam the down shield and punish any light attacks with another one. In which case, if you're up against that, then you want to be focusing on guard breaks, because you just like press the guard break button and suddenly you have him and can give him whatever chocolate you want. Uh, the other guy is the Warden who has good offensive tools, one of the few characters who does have good offensive tools, and that's basically because his zone attack, which does cost half his stamina bar, which means if you see him spamming that, you can set your, you can still set your block in the right direction and start throwing him around to deplete his stamina out. Um, but it's a super-duper hard and heavy fast attack that uh, comes opposite the direction that he was previously holding his guard up at, and mm-hmm. that, that'll take out like a good... A good one fifth of your health bar if it if it hits, and he also has a shoulder dash that that homes in on people very 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 quickly and reliably. Right. But what right. Ping showed me <laughs> last night is that basically, if you see the warden <clears throat> charging up the the shoulder dash, you can back dodge and instantly nullify it and be fine. So like even the really stupid spammy tricks that that players have on the higher ends can still be countered. And and I, I, I've been loving it. I've been loving the process of of like losing over and over again and steadily seeing myself do better every time. And, and it feels like it feels like climbing the mountain and, and kill Bill to train with Pai Mei in the jungle for for years before coming back to have my revenge. Yeah, I, I want to make it clear to anybody out there that I've played for far less than George. And, and also, I would recommend For Honor. I think it's a really fun in good game and uh there are slight things about it that i don't like but overall i'd say it's fun if i had the time to put into it it's like most i mean it's like you said like it's like fighting games most of them i'm like wow if i had 
80 hours to get into this and really learn it and get like go toe to toe with the guys who are putting in time i'd have a lot of fun with this but for now i feel like uh i feel like everything is just like i don't know what's happening uh also, I I realized that I picked a hard class to start with, which is fine because I figured out the bits real quick. Uh, what what faction you guys go with? I main the Kinsei. Uh, so you're you're samurai. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm also a samurai. I really yes. like his style. Yeah. Welcome to the TOVG Weebcast, where we will overthrow the Vikings and throw them off of their high horse. I don't know. It's not looking I mean, good I'm not for playing us these so days. Okay. Yeah, I heard that that the knights and a samurai are currently like in a truce to overthrow the Vikings because Vikings have like fifty percent of the map conquered or something. Everyone the... picked Viking. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. During that whole conversation, um, I was watching this bot match that you uploaded. <laughs> so you were like talking about all the training you went through, and I see like your move style and throwing the smoke bombs and yeah. rolling back and having like this like fluid movement. I'm like, yeah, this is this is something I want to learn now. It's, it's but the kind I don't of game have time anymore, which kind of seeing an experienced player play makes it look like a different game. Yeah, yeah. That's usually what uh how I learned. I learned by getting creamed. Um, there. So when you do a two v two, a bra- I think it was called a brawl. You can do a rematch, and there was these guys that constantly started like just wrecked us straight through. And then we started learning like, oh, okay, I see what they're doing. They're they're waiting for us to attack, and we started learning some strategies. And then we started slowly winning more matches. They will still win. And then we started beating them. As soon as we started beating them, they, they didn't want to rematch anymore. But it was just like nope. this just satisfying, like, wow, I've grown from this experience, which usually, I don't know, like I, I haven't been getting that from a lot of games lately. Uh, and it, it's it's weirdly satisfying. It's weirdly satisfying. I, I've heard that they were having bugs, though. Have you been having any connection issues uh, a teeny tiny bit. The problem is, is that it, it uses a kind of hybrid peer to peer system where, um, when you lock onto a person and start slashing at them, it determines whether or not they parry win on their side. Cause it's, since you're like Z targeting onto people like in Zelda, it, uh, reframes the, the idea of the net code as being more about where you attack and when they defend. And, um, as a result, they kind of have a cool system there where it, latency isn't so much a problem in, compared to other fighting games, because I guess that's one of the advantages of having it in 3D is that you can mask the movements of attackers attacking by, by having them home in on you rather than teleport. And the animation system is like really, really good and interpolates the frames to, to not have players teleporting around in and out of some phantom range like in Dark Souls. But uh, once one player disconnects, everyone has to wait a few seconds for the uh, the server to replace them with a bot. And one really, really weird decision that they made just in terms of game design and not necessarily the tech is to teleport a player away from their previous position if they left, which gives suddenly if, if everyone decides to rage quit on one team, suddenly the bots have a huge advantage, a huge advantage because they just got fresh spawns 
on the other side of the map while while you guys were busy whittling them down to low health for the whole match and that's mm, that's not yeah. cool but yeah there's there is a lot of salt over the the net code i have a feeling it's just because it's p2p but i have not seen so much of an issue with latency so much as i have seen issues with disconnects like that like in a in a normal game if a player disconnects they'll just disappear from the map because their planet needs them and in good games (laughs) they'll be replaced by a bot right there on the spot and for honor they get replaced by a bot but on the other side of the map the the player just disappears because their planet needs them and a new fresh bot shows up at the at the spawn at their home base which is i don't understand why why they thought that would be a good idea yeah i feel you overall i'd say it's a pretty good game I think it's uh, a little too. I don't know. Is it is it taboo to say it's a little too core for me? A little too. I think that's going to be its biggest problem because picking up this game even now is is rough. So imagine what it's yeah. going to be like picking it up a year from now. Oh. It's a bit of a <laughs> bit of a time investment. Like yeah, I don't know. But <sighs> I, I still really, that. really. I think it's like kind of a good sign that um. We're seeing this much effort come out of Western devs to make like good fighting system. Yeah. Especially from Ubisoft of all people. I think it's also a good sign that apparently we're living in an alternate universe now where Ubisoft makes good multiplayer games. Yeah. <laughs> it is weird. Uh, if only, well, you know, we, we all had time to just play that one game. Yeah. It's a good speaking, speaking of time to play that one game. We only uh, been speaking about that one game. We should probably talk about some other game. <laughs> no, I was I was actually gonna segue it pretty pretty well, but it kind of you know it's gone now. So I guess whatever. No, 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 um, no, 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 no. Let's let's go back. <laughs> speaking about that one game. Speaking about time to play that one game. Video game. I invested. I invested. A, fucking Jesus Christ! <laughs> I invested a bit of time into a game that is uh, rewarding of people who have patience. And a lot of time to put into organizing things. Uh, I mentioned it last week, but I got some hours into it. I played Factorio. Oh, someone gifted week. me that. Ooh. I oh, you know what? Uh, I'd be interested in playing some local, not local, but some multiplayer with you if you're interested. They have a decent multiplayer system to just jump into a server real quick and get people playing with you. Um, so Factorio is like. Take don't starve uh, and take the starving mechanic out of it. So it's just called don't now. <laughs> um, wow. But uh, take take something uh, like, you know, it's in the veins of like the Minecrafts and Terrarias, but I think it's most like don't starve. But instead of your focus on like building a little like, you know, uh, base to defend and to like, you know, not starve, like make food and etc. It's about launching a rocket into space. And you do this by essentially setting up a series of automated machinery and researching new machinery to eventually build a mega factory that has a production line of all of the resources that you need to put into building the rocket that will take you to space. Um, it is it is don't starve if the mechanics were more like Infinifactory. And at first I was like, this is boring and I'm sitting here watching machines mine for me. 
And then you get a, like a, I'd say a couple hours, maybe like one or two hours into like your single player free play. And you start getting the stuff that like you start finishing your first like lab research and everything. And you start getting the stuff that lets you automate. Motherfucker, that game is so satisfying if you like organizing stuff because I have like an iron production line that makes iron plates and that those plates go off onto like four separate conveyor belts that feed into like, okay, one of them goes into making steel plates that or steel beams that go into a box that I can use later. One of them goes up over here and that's making gears and those gears are making more conveyor belts and those conveyor belts are making this science research thing that goes back into the labs to research more shit. And it's like... My setup is like Neanderthal compared to some of the shit I've seen in multiplayer servers I've joined. That's People how you make, know it's good. It's <laughs> so, it's so, like, it's deep and it's definitely not for everybody because it's definitely like the satisfaction from it is like, I just spent 20 minutes reorganizing my my iron mine field to completely automate so that I don't have to touch it for probably another six hours and it could just, it'll just go. And that's like a thing that I don't even have to worry about anymore. And like, uh, there is other elements of the game. Like there are, uh, there's like fossil fuels that are around on the planet and typically they spawn far away from your spawn point. And also there are alien factions that spawn also far away from your spawn point. So typically if you want to get to the fossil fuels, level of the game which i just got to in my regular in my like file that i've been playing chipping away at you have to gear up and get some weapons get some like little robot drones that can help you fight start researching grenades and machine guns and shit and like you have to fight off the alien population to like get to the fossil fuels and god it goes deep there's like trains i just researched some stuff where you can make chests that have sensors in them that emit so like i can make a chest that's just a receiver chest i can make one that's a depositor chest and i can make a flying robot that goes and picks up from the depositor chest automatically and puts it in the receiver chest and just have like a network of flying robots that moves my stuff around to keep production lines going that's so inspiring and a little terrifying like this is the game for the, the type of Minecraft player that never gets to like diamonds or anything, they just find redstone and they're like, all right, that's it. This is what I'm doing for the next 700 hours of my life. And they make like a computer in Minecraft or they make, you know, a automatic switching rail system to get them everywhere in the world. Like this is that game, but strip away the survival elements of Minecraft. And it's really quite addicting. Like, I jump on for like little half an hour to 45 minute sessions and just like optimize a different thing, set up a few more assembling stations to like create things. And fuck, it's like a lot of fun. I would highly recommend checking it out. Um, yeah. Also, if you want to feel like inadequate, just join a multiplayer server online that has been up for over like three or four hours and has a few players in it. And you will see some ridiculous factory creations. Just like you will be able to run in any direction for like two minutes and just see more factory and more automation going on. It's great. 
That sounds terrifying. Yeah, it's definitely a rabbit hole to fall down. Also, you can incur an alien attack on your base if you just build up too many machines that are heavily pollutant to the atmosphere. They'll just be like, fuck you, polluting our planet, and they'll come and attack you. It's pretty great. Wait, so there's like global warming mechanics or... I don't know if it actually affects the planet at all, but there is a pollution level and the amount of pollution can affect the aliens and like the radius of of you drawing attention to aliens. So it's pretty, pretty freaking neat. Like if there was a way to get a dedicated server between, uh, maybe not a dedicated one because I wouldn't want it running all the time, but like setting up multiplayer sessions of this like weekly or something would be pretty fun and just like five people attempt to get to the point where you build a rocket because i think working with people you can be like you work on copper make sure that copper is going to here you work on iron i'll make sure that coal is going wherever like it's a lot of fun i know i rambled but like like i i was surprised after i passed that like two hour mark when i started to really get it so it's early access, and the dev is seems to be updating pretty frequently, adding a lot of stuff to the game. So, can you really tell that it's early so access? Far. This I, I actually haven't heard of it being early access. I thought it was complete. No one ever seems to mention that when they talk about it. No, it's uh, it's early access. It's been out for almost a year, but um, I think the the dev blog is on like update number one seventy seven or something like that. So. Um, yeah, pretty, pretty neat so far. Speaking of a year exclusive access, uh, to get VR for Resident Evil 7, I've been playing Resident Evil (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. I actually watched Dread play a little bit of it as well. Uh, what do you think so far? Um, so I, I finished it and I'm running into an issue where I'm like, writing the script and I'm like what can I talk about because I'm like I've I've played I tend to I I would say like I'm not a type of person who likes scary games but for some reason when I look at my backlog I I well not my backlog but the games I've played I've played uh, quite a bit of scary games that I've quite liked you know like Soma I really like Soma um uh, Alien Isolation, and uh, there was there was another one that I really liked as well. Um, Outlast, it, it, like a lot of them had some really good points. And now I'm playing this game, and I'm like, what can I talk about? You know that will that won't spoil the experience. I'm gonna have to talk about like mechanics. So there might ha- like it, 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 do you like I don't even know what to <laughs> say. Do I just say oh? Okay, I'm going to have to talk about mechanics. People who want a just fresh start, like even in the beginning of the of the game, when you first boot it up and you have no save file, it's just a black screen. But once you get through the intro, I guess you can say, of the game, everything changes mm-hmm. and you see like, you know, like an intro movie and blah, blah, blah with a song and everything like that. Like it's so mysterious in the beginning. Cause you don't know what to expect. Like when we saw it, it looked like a PT demo, you know, mm-hmm. cause everyone likes to copy stuff that works. Um, but uh, th- this game is a little bit, a little bit more, 
little bit more than, you know, just a, a copy of whatever, um, which is good, which is a good thing. So I don't know necessarily. I know George doesn't want spoilers, um, but what can I say? Um, it, it's I quite like it. Um, <laughs> I, I, I like that. I, I, I like it. it. It's one of those games where it didn't wear out as welcome. It got to the point. It's like an eight hour ish experience. It has some challenge. It will kick your butt. Uh, if you're not careful, um, there's re there's a lot of resource management. There's, you know, it's, it's, it's a little old school Resident Evil game. It's cool. It's good. I don't know. I don't know if I care that I didn't play it in VR. Now that I'm seeing the game, unless they rework the whole game, I don't think, I th- I think it, it might have been tacked on. I know that's a bad thing to say, me not knowing. So, you know, crucify me, if anything. I, I'll have to watch some uh, gameplay. I've been wanting to watch some gameplay of P- PSVR to see if it actually changes anything, but... I can see some points where it could be scary having to like move your head across certain sections um, and uh, being aware of your surroundings um, when when things are coming. Um, But I can't see it being like changing the game of VR, you know, like totally creating something new. Um, This is definitely a game if you don't have a VR headset you will be fine you'll be fine um i don't think this whole game was built from the ground up for vr exactly um unless they made two separate games which i find that hard to believe yeah no Uh, i think uh the the idea was more for for it to be adaptable in mm-hmm. both formats like like the first thing that i noticed when i was playing it in vr was that you couldn't slap around physics objects which is what you want to do in vr all the time but um the 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 sense of presence and immersion was was so good and and also the support is there they have a really really robust option screen to make sure that that you you can do what you can to not feel motion sick you can make a uh wireframe birdcage follow you around to uh, give you a static point of reference. Some people have found that prevents motion sickness. Ah, that's pretty nice. Like, then I guess I should have hacked it. Well, not hacked it. You use uh, Vor- uh, Vorpix and uh, did, did kind of like the, the VR hack for it for um, Vive and Oculus and uh, put so, that on. Um, well, but that- I does that work for PC? Well, you could do it to pretty much any game. It just uses the mouse to kind of move the screen. Um, that's kind of what it's kind of tailored to. So when you move your head, it's actually moving like the mouse or the camera, uh, whatever. You, you have to like switch the settings of the game to make sure that it's actually going to towards the mouse's uh, direction. Because um, that's ultimately what it's doing when you're looking up down whatever it's using the mouse cursor um but uh and of course you get the you get the the 3d 
which is the main part. You don't want to be looking at a 2D screen, you know, f- f- you know, around you like you're inside a ball, you know, yeah. like one of those arcade uh, games. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. Um, okay. S- since I don't want to spoil <laughs> okay. you on okay. um, Resident Evil, I have something to mention uh, before I get uh, booed out. Uh, I went to, for Valentine's Day, uh, me and my, me and the wife went to, um, Dave and Buster's. All right. And okay. mostly arcades are kind of dead. I guess we can, at least here in Georgia, there's not many, you gotta like find yourself around one. That's a bump in arcade yeah, here. It's, there's not many. <laughs> like, you have to right. go out of state. Yeah. yeah. Understandable. Yeah. X games. Um, um, the joystick bar is probably some of the, a lot of the old school stuff is there, but you know, if you p- played all those games, that's pretty much it. It's just like around 10, 15 games there. Right. Um, after that, like th- there's these little small, like uh main event and X games that are just kind of like ticket games and who cares about ticket games um i you know i i i don't only want time crisis and house of the dead i want something more so we try shoot so we so we went around we looked at dave and busters to see because we never 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 really checked it out Uh, we walked around and we saw that they had some decent machines you know they had some um sort of full screen not vr but some cool things like that we saw it had a Two Mario, uh, no, a four-player Mario, uh, Mario Kart game, and a Luigi's Mansion machine as well. Oh yeah, with the the vacuum cleaner light gun. Yeah, and I was like, okay, t- ten bucks for an hour of unlimited play. We could get an hour of unlimited play. So we go around, we play a few games, but the one to note is first. Luigi's Mansion was actually pretty dope. Um, the satisfying clunk at the back of the gun when you suck up coins is pretty pretty good. And you have to like stun. I never played Luigi's Mansion, um, the the ones for GameCube. But uh, so you, I guess it's kind of the same where you have to stun the ghost and then suck them up. Um, and it's like a two player game with you know you and whoever's sitting next to you, and it's it's quite cool, quite fun. You going through this, it's like House of the Dead, but with uh, two light guns, um, two you know two vacuums. But I gotta say, what's insane is the Mario Kart game. So you get to pick if you want to do versus or co op in this game, and every character has like different stats, just like every Mario Kart game. Um, and what happens is that the other co uh, the other computers are also are also working together, so they can do combos as well. And they've somehow balanced. Even if you're a good driver, they're always constantly like a a, a push and pull between who's in first, who's in second. There's not just this gap. I guess it's kind of uh, the old term is rubber banding kind of thing. It doesn't really feel that way. It feels like they're always catching up to you or always around you at least or always having a, a weapon because you're, you're constantly getting items um before before the game you take a picture and i i, I tweeted out some stupid pictures um there's a couple other ones 
and uh, I um, it, like you pick Lu uh, War um, Wario, and then you you have like the warrior face, and they take a picture, and it it puts the mustache, and it's like a little cute stuff. And then you do like a little dice roll, and you get um, buffs to your vehicle like top speed or acceleration randomly each time. Um, it depends on what you get and it gets you like a, a random assortment of items as well that you can use during the match when you uh, collect items, uh, collect those item boxes. So w what happens is uh, we got this item um, probably one of the funnest things that just made me jump out of the nearly jump out of the car seat where you can combine with your partner. So it was me and my wife into a, so whoever's in, I guess in first or, or ahead of the person, you get sucked to them and you turn into a tank and one, sh one person shoots and one person drives the tank. I kid you not. I don't know if this is ever done in a Mario Kart game. I haven't played uh, the recent ones, but it was the most f craziest thing. And then you separate eventually. And then you're like constantly like, I don't know. There's something about that so much better than kind of like all the other card games that we played that day. Um, the best co-op feeling I, I got to say about from Mario Kart that I've, I've ever tried. I don't know. It has has there any caught features in the new games? Because I'll probably buy it ex like right away if that was the case. Co-op stuff? No, that was that was double dash almost exclusively, and even then it was rather limited, but not to the extent that you're talking about, really. Oh my god! <laughs> and now me thinking about, it, I feel like buying the machine, and and just I, I oh wonder. If, I'm pretty sure it will get old. I'm pretty sure it will get old. But like, man, like if there was like more stuff, like other than like the tank and 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 just like because um, you can't hurt each other. So being able to kind of balance out all the all the items like the tornado attack and everything like that and helping each other get into certain places is like fantastic. Being able to shoot behind you while you're driving. Uh, uh, it was it was fun. It was fun. Anyways, I'm going to start mm. blabbing about stuff. And uh, no, I think we I think we all uh, went off on our own yeah. games quite a while. Yeah, but it was, it was um, fun. But, but we got we got a lot of babble potential for the news coming up wait well no, jimmy wait did you say battle speaking of yeah, battle yeah i played the worst game of all fucking time sonic adventure 2 is shit it's bad sonic should feel bad sega should feel bad it's fine if you like it but everyone else who is involved should feel bad you, all right let's you, go in the news you know how how when you play as tails and his robot and you press the shoot button but it, it says, makes okay so, and it makes that like oh. horrible <laughs> Yep. What a that's, good that's idea a good, that somebody had noise. to make that sound wait, take up the whole wait, fucking game. Wait, wait, did you get to the part where they get um where Sonic and Shadow get the Chaos Emeralds and they start jacking off to the to the to the to the stones? No, that's No, that's I just only played as much fiction. of it as I was as as I was absolutely required to for my stream group's challenge no, monthly thing. You have to get there because it's no. worth it. No that's when it gets good. And then no, the little white palms start jailing. It never, it never gets good. <laughs> you never it's, got to the part where Shadow the Hedgehog has to do a drive-by shooting. I, you know when it, you know when it gets, you know when it gets good. Right between the first cutscene 
where Sonic kills a bunch of guys in a helicopter and jumps off. <laughs> yeah. Right between that part and then the the moment when the level starts before you hit the ground and take control of Sonic, there's a little part where the the start of the music goes do 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 and that's the good part. And then you hit the ground and you're in control of the character and it's bad from the rest of the game. I I, you know I when you go Sonic down the Adventure too. And and No, you didn't. Yes, I did. You tricked yourself into like I played it like multiple it. times. I even did the all the chow things, the chow garden stuff. So you mean you mean the only acceptable part of the game? Let's go to news before our entire fan base leaves well, and hates but, me. But I mean like so people say that the skateboarding level in the beginning is good, right? Yeah, it's not. And I think that's because the version they made of it in Sega Gener- Sonic Generations was way better because when you play that version and go back, it's like you can't hear anything. There's like the scraping noise of metal <laughs> on metal. Yes. First of all, I never noticed that before, but until I played it and I'm like, "Why? Who was the sound guy who was like, music. "Yeah, let's just crank up Let's crank up the beeping noise. Let's crank up the scraping noise. Anything grating and unpleasant." <laughs> It has priority. Yeah. Ignorance is bliss, man. When we were playing it as kids, man, we didn't know the, we didn't know the difference. We didn't know the difference. We were just playing stuff. Yeah, it was good. We didn't know what was yeah. bad. We're si- I don't have the we're singing pumpkin. I don't Hill. have the luxury anymore. Yeah, man. That was actually that was actually our our race was the heroes campaign. You play without skipping cutscenes until uh, you beat Pumpkin Hill and record your final time. See, um, finding those trail emeralds suck balls. I just gotta say, those I, I hated those missions as a kid. That's what everyone says, and I got perfect RNG on on both the oh <laughs> knuckles levels. I spawned on God. top of one of them. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> but I will say, knuckles stage music pretty good. Hell yeah, pretty good little hip hop beats, some fucking like like good. Music and then the rest of the game's bad. And All right. Then you play as Rogue and she has bad music and levels when she She has went. like weird sexy music, which is like her. Yeah. It's like what yeah, I played those Rouge, I played those things like Rouge, waiting for Star Wars Rogue the Bat One. Yes. Star Wars Rouge One. Yes. Rouge. That she makes me uncomfortable. Oh. Actually, speaking of which, I saw I saw Rogue One recently. Finally, okay, okay. Day. Um, so it's fucking good. Oh my god, why? I thought it was it's only okay. So good. I thought it was better than it's Episode Seven. So oh my good. gosh, you guys! Oh my brain! Oh no! It's so Matt, good, Matt. Are you? Oh God, he he passed out. Someone get a medic. Oh, geez, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to cut the podcast. Higher priority issues have now revealed themselves. Oh, the ambulance is on its way right now. <laughs> and, and it stopped because I thought we were stopping, but the ambulance comes back. <laughs> the bush. Oh, Matt, I'm so glad you're with us. You had a you had a really close moment there talking about how much you don't like Star Wars. I'm I'm literally still dead inside, but go ahead. But at least you're you're pumping Clear. blood and conscious. <laughs> yes. yes. You have so much to live for. Imagine if they make one even worse. 
Oh, no, no, no. Everyone will love it because it's Star Wars. We just started this saying we were just going to talk about video games. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is that no matter how much longer Matt has left to live, none of us may okay. live to see an Apocalypse Now video game get made. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, remember uh, a month ago when I talked about how I was feeling good about the, the Kickstarter campaign? How, yeah. it, how it had a lot of good talent behind it? Um... The, the the movie director was was all about it. They they yeah. had some good renders. Well, that that went nowhere. Okay, so I'm looking at this story. Do they not know how a Kickstarter works? No, I, I think they know how a Kickstarter works. I just think uh, the the public was not not interested. Right, I hear you. Oh, Kickstarter stats all the time display a thirty to forty percent of the entire amount of most kickstarters is uh funded within the last like three days also you might be referring to not only their bewildering decision to not see it through to those last three days but also their bewildering decision to increase the funding goal to 5.9 million dollars after they raised one hundred and seventy three thousand dollars yeah. So they've migrated their crowdfunding campaign to a new website that doesn't have a uh, expiration date because Kickstarter's last 30 days, which is a real problem that a lot of developers have had a Kickstarter before. That's, that's how a lot of projects get funded through Indiegogo or Patreon instead. Or like in this case, and also with the case with Star Citizen, through their own proprietary web- website. Excuse me. And I have a feeling that one of the developers... I don't know even if a developer would be making this decision, but someone looked at all that uh, Star Citizen money they were raising on their own website and were like, why can't we just do the same thing without realizing that Star Citizen already was smashing records on Kickstarter Mm -hmm. uh, before they decided to move it to their own website and continue to beat those records. Also, Star Citizen was, was happening in like 2011, going on 2012, way way before like some of some of the fatigue and caution set in and it was also going for a classic genre the, what what they were pitching for apocalypse now is kind of a first person stealth rpg which i think makes sense I, 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 maybe it's just me but but the game sounded like it could be neato you know what's a you know what's a poor thing on their part in my opinion hmm if you go to this Apocalypse Now website with the with the the Kickstarter thing, they have only three of the pledge tiers visible immediately: uh, twenty five dollar, ninety five dollar, and five hundred dollar tier. Mm-hmm. And you have to click another button to see all pledge tiers. Which I'm not saying you can pass over that, but it took me a second to look and be like, "Wait, there's only three? And then I had to scroll back up and then look and then be like, "Oh, there's a click to see more." If you want to drag people in. Throw all of your shit up front, yo. Like, get people to see what they can get for different amounts of money because not everybody's going to be a $500 or $95 pledge. -er. Also, stop offering desktop backgrounds as a reward for anything. Those are useless. Uh, Well, I mean, if if you happened to be a... um 
pledger. Hang on. Background. What? Wallpaper. Oh, there we go. For If you happened to pledge $25 or more on the Kickstarter, your uh, tier will be moved. Your rewards tier will be upgraded to the $35 tier now that they've moved it. And you will be getting those 4K Ultra HD wallpapers. Which mean nothing. They're big images. They're JPEGs. You can Google that shit. I'm just saying. Has anybody ever been like, wow, wallpapers, I'm fucking sold. Ever. Has anybody ever said that? Mm, Grandmothers might have said it. Unlike real wallpaper, though, right? (laughs) For their house. I don't know. Grandmothers might (laughs) might not know the the value of JPEGs that they can set as their desktop background as well as other other demographics. Also, shoutouts to estimated delivery of these rewards, October 31st, 2020. Ooh. I mean, at least that's like a delivery date. Jesus. That's only three years? Man. And six months? For 4K UHD wallpapers? <laughs> they gotta finalize their art assets. Takes a while. They gotta make what a video game. What if they just game. pay to do for three years to work on the same singular 4k image of a wallpaper i'm sure it was an art guy who also worked I, on the game assets I, I know i'm joking i think this is a poor move i think they should have waited out the entire kickstarter before they decided to do something like founders this. Packs. i know i know that the reason is they probably don't want people to see a failed kickstarter and then be like why would i pledge to that but pulling out early still kind of looks like a we have no faith in this move. Mm. Yeah. Also, this is only going to be relevant for a little while. This fucking pledging thing has 457 it's days left. remaining. Yeah. I don't know. This, I, it's not going to be I am hype. not a business expert. I mean, the thing that really just worries me is how little they've been able to pull on both fronts. Yeah. I mean, what is this? They have one million likes on Facebook. What is this? Probably just the movie Apocalypse Now. They, they better, they better spam maybe, that thing. <laughs> pledge, pledge, get a founders pack. This is just like those MMOs that do this founders pack crap. Uh, I you well, know, and, um, and I wish die, the best of luck to them. Um, you can buy a sixty dollar developer support bundle. To, to show that you support developers. Yeah. Yeah. That's how they get you. They, they, they tug at your heartstrings. Wow. You can pledge a million dollars if you want to. Let's there's see. A, there's a million dollar rewards tier. You get 10 copies of the collector's edition. And 100 digital copies. So you can become a reseller. <laughs> You get a month with the game team. Why would you want that? A month. What, what are you going to do? Bug them? Oh my gosh, you guys are so great! You made my favorite video game movie. Unique prop from the Apocalypse Now set. Surprise reward. <laughs> Don't need a million dollars to get a surprise. Ugh, come on, no. So, uh, <laughs> I'm I'm sorry if I'm filled with vitriol right now. Sonic Adventure really just left a lasting salty Is impression. Is Sonic on Adventure me. why you didn't like For Honor? No, I, I played Sonic after For Honor. 
Oh, okay. I did like For Honor. It just makes me frustrated, and there are only a few games that I can take at a time. Including like, Sonic Overwatch Adventure is frustrating, too. but like I enjoy it more. You um, should go watch the Star Wars movie again so you can make your feel better. God damn it, what's the next news topic? <laughs> uh, believe it or not, Sega's re-releasing PS2 games. Oh, speaking of Sega. There's a uh, limited edition reprint of Yakuza 1 and 2 being sold through Amazon. They, for some reason, decided to cost them at $50. Oh my god. Are you serious? Each or for all four? Yeah, which is weird because the PS3 games, Yakuza 3 and 4, are $40. (sighs) Wait, each one? Each one is $50? Oh, 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 okay. Wow. Wait. Why is it it bundled? What the hell is this? I, I don't know. You buy them individually from Amazon for $50 each. And oh, that's never mind. I don't know what this is about. Oh I don't my know. gosh. You can't even get Amazon Prime on that thing. You're gonna get it like in, in two months. <laughs> you can't even but, Oh my but, god. But they're doing it. That's weird, right? It, that's a bit that's a bit weird. I thought they were remastering Yakuza One. They are. You could either buy the fifty dollar remake, the fifty dollar re-release for the PS2. Or you could buy the Western release of Yakuza Kiwami, which is a PS4 remake of Yakuza 1. That they've got Wait. pretty okay reviews in Japan. Hang on. Yeah. Let's back this up then. Let's see how much it's going to cost. Sega's re-releasing these games on their original platforms? Yes. Why? Yeah. Uh, because fans are easily separated from their dollar dues. Yeah. For $50. A PS2 game. A PS2 game. That's, oh my <sighs> gosh. People used to come in and buy FIFA all the time when I worked at GameStop. I was like, why are you buying this for PS2 for $50? <laughs> why? All right. I mean, whatever. Sega can do what they want. I'm looking up if there's a price for Yakuza Kiwami right now. And I don't think they have released a number for that yeah no no price tag on the western release for that they just have a date summer 2017 but yeah you uh you you now have options you can if 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 you've been wanting to get into the accuser games you could either uh uh buy it on the ps2 for 50 dollars buy it for a little more for the ps2 for for more money from a reseller dig up your old ps2 console or one of the original backwards compatible ps triples and and play through it that way, or wait a few months for the remake to come out on PS4, or uh, or buy other games, <laughs> or literally buy other games, <laughs> or go into cardiac arrest and <laughs> and spend the rest of your life in a hospital. <laughs> Those are your only options. Choose wisely. <laughs> I say or put them all in the hat the and just randomly pick one. <laughs> <laughs> just imagine one of the listeners just like pulling out by the PS2 reprints for $50. Fuck! Throwing it on the ground. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just like never even weird. considered how bizarre it is that these actually really are for the PS2. Yeah. Because PS2 right. games, they, they were $50 back in the day. 
And $50 yeah. was worth more back then than it is now. Like, granted, like, I understand a lot of stuff from the, that era, especially PS... Well, some PS2 games and a lot of GameCube games are still comparatively priced to what they were at the time because they're not in print anymore and are more so for collectors. But why? Why? I don't know. Why? I don't understand. I guess I've never played any Yakuza games, so I don't... I I am not the demographic, so anything about Yakuza that's weird is going to be like, why? But... <laughs> I don't I'm I'm confused. I don't know. I guess I have no no valid opinions on this, but why? If they sell a couple hundred of them, that's that's 10,000 Freedom Feel fun bucks for Sega. I Speaking of fun bucks, I I, I really am wondering how many of those they're going to sell now that I think about it. Speaking of fun bucks, uh Resident <laughs> Evil 7 has already recouped its its uh development costs of fun bucks, which you know, like some fans are spinning as positive news. The fact is, is that Resident Evil 7 is not selling as much as Resident Evil 6 would at this time, but Capcom's okay with that. They uh, believe that, that achieving a fiscal year-end target of 4 million units for this title is wholly possible. We expect sales to continue for a longer period, buoyed of high, by highly positive post-launch reviews from both the media and consumers. Which which I think is kind of sort of good news because that means they didn't really make bank on a uh, good marketing campaign for a terrible game. They they made a good game and, and are slowly making their banks from from getting good reviews and, yeah. and goodwill from customers instead of bad Super Bowl advertisements. Yeah, a good business model. Go figure. Less less money for better games, though, is is a bad fact of reality. I mean yes however it is i don't know if this can recoup enough costs and you know the fact that capcom is like we expect this to do good because it's a good game and people are saying it's a good game i want more developers to take that mindset because then that means you know if every big developer has one of these doesn't sell as much but it's a good game and we trust it to be a good game and sell enough projects a year then that's what another dozen good games a year yeah and they should and, be doing it with uh their their classic legacy franchises like resident evil right that, that are gonna have harder nitpickers so i hope that i hope that this becomes a trend because i think we're never gonna get rid of the fucking viral marketing shitty games that are you know sell a bajillion copies but are not really anything worth this or worthwhile or substantial but if we get even one of these from every publisher or every developer a year that's more than enough good games to be playing and enjoying I, wait uh, resident evil 6 was a good game no it, resident evil 7 is what i'm talking oh, about yeah. resident evil 6 sold better is what we're saying it sold yeah. way more. Yeah, I thought it was a bad game, but apparently in Steam, it's mostly positive or very oh, positive. Oh, that doesn't matter. Those are user reviews. They aren't real reviews. Because I remember <laughs> this being like a whatever game. Like, I totally passed on it. Because yeah. it as, far as, as far as people say, RE6 and RE5 are good action games and bad Resident Evil games. Mm. Which means they probably should have experimented with a new franchise or made a spin-off right. instead of a new 
Like, why is it that Resident Evil Revelations was the spinoff series and not RA5 <laughs> and 6? Yeah. Why indeed? Um... Speaking, speaking of, of making spinoff mm-hmm. games forever. Speaking of revelations. Uh, Gabe Newell <laughs> says that Valve is making three games for VR that are real games and not spinoffs. Cool. Uh, there was a press briefing uh, last week on February 9th. A lot of little interesting tidbits were coming out of that. The probably biggest bit of news is that Newell is confirming three new VR-specific games in development at Valve. They are intended to be new full games, as opposed to vignette-style mini-games, which which you more often than not see in the VR marketplace. Mm-hmm. And when uh, talking about his, his efforts to be making VR hardware, and now VR games, because Valve hasn't been making games in the past six years, uh, he compared... Those hardware developments to Nintendo. He says, this is something that Miyamoto has always had, right? Right? Miyamoto has had the ability to think about what the input devices and design of the system should be like while he's trying to design games. And and, and our sense is that that's going to allow us to actually build much better entertainment experiences for people. It's a, I mean, it's a good notion. It makes sense. The, the industry is desperately in need of good VR games, and Valve could have been pumping them out this whole time. Yeah. Well, hopefully they have one to show for in the next year or two that I feel like if there's if there are devs out there that can make a a killer VR game like a a VR headset selling game, Valve is probably somebody I would put my money in. We need more super hot type games. We need more like something that changes like that's actually like fun, fun, fun. That are thirty minutes yeah. long, like changing the games and, type stuff. And it's interesting because Valve has a lot of pretty much just like gaming classics at this point. Like not even Half Life Two, but like obviously like Team Fortress Two, Portal, Left for Dead. Like they have made several big things that were like, yeah, this is a good. This is like a front runner in its genre. So maybe they can, you know, recreate their magic again. But in the, I don't know, genre, can we call it a genre of VR games? Mm-hmm. Yes. They hopefully could have been doing it this whole time. I don't, right. I guess the one They're thing They're just too busy working on Half-Life 3. Really? <laughs> I mean, the dream, the, the, the pipe dream is that Half-Life 3 is the killer VR app. What if... Now, bear with me here. What if the reason that it's taken so long is that Half-Life 3 is not just Half-Life 3, but it's actually the combination of Team Fortress 3, Half-Life 3, Portal 3, and Left 4 Dead 3 all combined into one massive game, and it's going to be VR. The Orange Cube? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! Yes! The Orange Cube! We've done it! (laughs) Oh. Science has gone exactly far enough. <laughs> oh that's, god. That's clever. Uh, another another newsworthy tidbit from that same press briefing is that Newell still thinks modders absolutely need to be paid, which 
I don't know if that was necessarily the crux of, of the backlash. So Gabe Newell reiterated his desire to create a system of paid modding while acknowledging how disastrous the Skyrim attempt was. Quote, the Skyrim situation was a mess. It was not the right place to launch that specific thing. And we did some sort of ham handed stupid things in terms of how we rolled it out. He said, um, he also said modders create a lot of value and we think that absolutely they need to be compensated. They're creating value in the degree to which they're not being accurately compensated is a bug in the system. It's just inserting noise into the system. Hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, I agree with the sentiment. I think that modders, I, I think that it's a good sentiment that like people who basically develop a new game mode or a new thing for your game that's substantial. Uh, if, if the original per, like people who own the game are okay with that, could be allowed to monetize in it i i mean it's kind of how a lot of youtube works in a sense where you basically make content that's built on the back of other content you know however it is review or analysis or whatever it's still in some way kind of like that but but there's no paywall and i think that's the big problem is that when you start charging a community that's used to getting something for free they they will not react amicably i i don't think anyone would have had any issues with them implementing donation buttons or allowing modders to be paid through paypal or, or patreon but locking the well, stuff behind think, the paywall was was the issue well i mean in youtube's case we get ad money i mean for the most part or huh. if they had a <laughs> yeah <laughs> ha but um if they had a system where you know Per, like per download or something they were paid out even just a very small amount or you know like you said adding donation buttons or something like it doesn't necessarily need to be a curated market so much as giving them the option and a, a uh, presented click-through that could get them a few dollars from someone you know who's generous how enough to much give. money people who draw porn make on patreon Oh, it's a fuck ton. So people who make porn mods probably already do make a fuck ton of money on Patreon. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I'm sh- I'm sure. But what? Yeah, but I think the other alternative is rolling out the system of like a paid marketplace that just allows the developers to to set if if their thing is paid for or not, and or you know set like. Here's a pay for here's a the free version. Here's a donate button. And I don't know, you get a little tiny extra thing in it or something if you donate. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think that would be fine. I'm sure no one would have a problem with a button that's just like automatically drain out my steam wallet into a modder of my choice. Oh, yeah, especially with trading cards and steam wallets money anyway. Might yeah. as well turn it into real money for people who deserve it more than you. <laughs> Ouch. I, I, modders make good stuff. I don't. That's not true. Speaking of uh, charging people for extra <laughs> little things. Speaking of not making good stuff. So oh. <laughs> ooh, Celta's going to have Here we go. Have a season pass. Are you ready, Jimmy? Are you ready to pay $20 to uh, get three new treasure chests, which contain useful items and exclusive in-game clothing? 
I'm not ready to do that. You're, you're not ready to pay $20 to get new uh, an additional map feature? <laughs> I swear, it's, it's like Nintendo's been Americanized <sighs> recently. You know, it's like, Which oh. was always the complaint, was that they weren't Americanized <laughs> Now they are. It's, they even got apps now for Mario. Mario their legal Run. team needs... <laughs> Their legal team needs to be Americanized. Everything else can stay Japanese as far as I'm concerned. Freaking season passes with the... <laughs> okay. Take it away, Jimmy. This is this is like my monthly this is thing moment. that people fought me on Twitter on, so now I'm gonna now I'm gonna talk at you so you can't reply to me. <laughs> um okay. Peep I, I tweeted I I'm gonna go look for the exact wording of the tweet, which was pretty not of it was pretty not incendiary it's pretty middle of the ground i was just literally i was like you know okay here's here's my tweet that i tweeted concerning something concerning about zelda breath of the wild dlc and then i quoted the map is bigger than skyrim there's so much to do unquoted saying followed by new quote you will you will want to buy more things to do which is what i feel this is saying you're, tell- you're selling us a game that's so fucking big that it puts Skyrim's map to shame and saying, oh my god, it's so big and so much, mm. you might want to buy a season pass just in case you run out of things to do. Now, I'm not saying that's the case. I'm not saying you're going to run out of things to do. What I am saying, to the several people, much many more than I expected, who fought back, who were like, it's totally worth it. You like you're not worth you're not willing to pay twenty dollars extra for more Zelda, and I said no because you know how much we know about the more Zelda. Nothing. We have a a image, a JPEG with some text on it that says three chests containing useful items and in- exclusive in-game clothing, a cave of trials, a hard mode, and one singular and additional map feature. New original story, a new dungeon, and additional challenges. There is no metric of how much any of that means. Useful items could be the could be one heart or ten billion rupees. It could be anywhere between that. We don't know. Hey. A new hard mode could just be enemies do double damage, like every Zelda has had before. Additional map feature could be a rock. Usually it's never that great, to be honest. A rock. I'm just saying, like, Unless this person's being like, it's anyway. totally worth. <laughs> don't even. This is why you don't, don't even go there passes. right now. We're that. We don't have enough salt to cover all that. Okay. I'm just saying, if they're like, oh yeah, the additional map feature we're talking about is that the fucking volcano explodes and everything gets turned to ash. And it's like a whole different map and it's like Zelda fucking like Fallout Apocalypse shit happens and it's like different. Okay, that's substantial. I don't know if I'd pay $20 for that, but it's substantial. But it's still an additional map feature. We don't know what it is. A new story. We don't know how long the story is. It could be a side quest. A new dungeon. How long is a dungeon? An hour? (sighs) I'm just saying. People were being, some guy was fighting me to the death on this. And he was like, all these other companies do it. Why is it not okay that Nintendo does it? And I'm like, it's not okay that anybody does it. Season passes are always bullshit. Like, I have never been okay with this. Don't pre-order. Don't pre-buy season passes. I'm going to wait for the DLC and be 
cautiously optimistic about the main game and concerned about the DLC. I think that's a very middle-of-the-road stance to take and not incendiary or filled with vitriol at all. That means you're a normal person. I think think people mostly you know they they think of nintendo as untouched yeah they're a little out of touch but they you know they they don't they don't do any of this type of stuff and now all of a sudden now they're just like everybody else they're just doing the season passes and 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 one thing i want to mention about the hard mode i played resident evil and i beat it and guess what i unlocked (laughs) And hard mode, just like hard in mode. every freaking game I play. So when exactly. I saw that, I was just like, ooh, that's a little bit dirty, isn't it? That's a little bit, ooh. But again, you know, you're you're right. We don't know much information. A volcano could explode and everything would change. But I, I just don't think, I think it's just in hard mode. Um, or like the colors change, kind of like when you... Uh, the other games, uh, what was it? Uh, Link to the Past. <laughs> Link to the Past, like the colors uh, kind of changed, right? I can't re- I remember. I, I don't remember. Oh, no, sorry. I'm thinking about uh, Link Between Worlds. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. And like, and Link Between Worlds had a hard mode. Yeah. Had Heroes mode. You beat the game, you can play it again. Everything does fucking like 12 hearts of damage. Yep. It's really hard, but like it's built in. I mean, and. To do Master Quest, you had to buy the GameCube pre-order bonus of of Ocarina of Time. But but that that's but an old that's game. That's just a pre-order bonus. That was an old game, though. It got re-released with a Master Quest. Yeah, that that's true. It was a re-release of the yeah, game. Yeah, that's that's something like totally different. This is like day one DLC type stuff. This is it's <laughs> just straight up like, you know, scummy stuff here going on. I mean, again, it's it's only twenty bucks. What it's a see twenty bucks for a season pass, so it's not so much. It's not like a fifty dollar PS2 game. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> Video games have become bad. So, you know, I'm probably gonna buy it like a little chump. You know, if I'm probably like, going to like Zelda and I'm probably going to buy it. Um, it sucks that I have to buy buy it, to be honest. Um, but yeah. No, don't buy it. Just play the game and have fun. And, and don't get the exclusive horse armor. I need my horse armor, dude. No, you don't. Here's the thing. Let me tell you a story about a game called Fable 2. <laughs> that game's not that great. It's... I, I it's fun. It's bad, but it's fun. Yeah, to me. it was. I, it was I, li- I know what I like about yeah. it. But Fable Three was hard. I pre-ordered though. that game. You know what came with that game? That for just pre-ordering it and not a season pass, mm. a treasure chest containing useful items and exclusive in-game clothing, mm-hmm. just like every freaking game. Did, was it the kind like, of pre-order bonus that either? Number one, completely broke the game and made it way too easy. Or number two yes. was fucking nothing. Yeah, useless. Uh, it, it it gave... So in Fable 2, there's four tiers of armor and weapons. It gave you tier three armor and weapon in the first cave. So <laughs> broke it a little bit. Um, but not that that game's super challenging to begin with. But like what I'm saying is the only thing on this list of, of releases of this DLC that I'm seeing is anything worthwhile for paying money for new original story new dungeon yeah but that's only one ninth of what's shown here and that comes out in winter the other stuff comes out sooner but it's like hard mode i don't care 
chest of items. I don't care. Like, I'm not going to pay money for in-game items in Zelda. The thing I I don't like about that is is when the developers have to balance around these items and stuff. Like, uh, like, oh, here's these bonus items and we're going to put it into the game. And, you know, if they are overpowered, like, you know, they're trying to balance between that. And then the people who don't have the DLC might get shafted a little bit in their experience in the first couple like sections of the game. It's it's really annoying. I, I remember a co-op game being like that. And I can't remember the name of it, you know, where a certain gun was just a little bit better. And it's just I don't like I don't like that type of stuff. It's. Why? Yeah. Why have that? Why have that? I mean, the thing is, most of the time, like in Fable 2, when people put in these like chest of goodies at the start of the game, they don't balance around it because it detracts from the main user experience of people who aren't like, you know, getting that pre-order bonus or that season pass bonus or whatever. Mm. So they just make the regular game and they slap on like fucking Pokemon did when X and Y came out. Though it was useful. They just like, hey, if you bought Pokemon in the first week, head on to Mystery Gift and get like 100 potions and 50 Pokeballs. Damn. And I was like, okay. Like, it didn't break the game. It just like saved you a bit of money at the start. But it was like, they didn't balance the game for that either. They just, you know, same trainers that you fight, same gym leaders either way. I don't know. Video. I'm not saying... To clarify, because I think a lot of people take my salt as like, I am, I hate this. Mm. I don't hate this. I don't like it. I don't like season passes. I'm going to buy Zelda. I'm going to wait for reviews of whatever the DLC is. If it happens to be substantial, good on them. Season passes, still dumb. Video games have become a garbage hobby. Yeah. I'm just going to play Factorio. Your three options That's... are play a good game, buy a season pass, or go into cardiac arrest and live in a hospital forever. <laughs> Put those in a hat, yes. shuffle it around, pick one, see what you yep. get. Tweet it at us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just tweet it with no context. Just tweet oh. good game, season pass, or cardiac arrest. <laughs> yes, we, we might as well just walk out now. No. Speaking of walking out now, did I... Speaking of Breath of the Wild, did I mention the <laughs> Zelda escape room? You did not. Was that last week? Yeah, no, you, you didn't. You mentioned it last week, but didn't mention it this week. Okay, I did the Zelda escape room. It's pretty fun. I wouldn't say it's worth the ticket price, which I think is like 60 bucks, but um, it's like a big ballroom activity where like a whole bunch of groups are doing it at the same time. Less of an escape room, more of a puzzle solving experience. It was fun, though. Had a lot of fun. Got to play... Breath of the Wild, which is apparently the full build afterwards for only 20 minutes, but it wasn't like the locked demo. But there how was like can it be the full stuff. build if it doesn't have an extra treasure chest with unique items and That's exclusive right. in-game you know, clothing? The, the people presenting did not pre-order the $20 season pass, so I wasn't able to get the chest of goodies at the start, unfortunately. So was the experience I did get messed to go. up? Yeah, was it skewed? Yeah, it was just completely unplayable, Damn. you know, without that chest of goodies. Uh, the game is balanced without that additional that map chest. feature. <laughs> um, I will say I went into a dungeon, which was not in the Wii U demo at E3. And in the dungeon, I got a power and the power was really fucking cool. 
and I was using it with the Joy-Cons detached from the from the screen, like as and it had a motion control thing that I could use. And I was actually like, wow, this motion control is fucking like great and good. And I'm going to use this all the time. So just letting you know that the game seems like it's going to be pretty good. Don't buy the season pass. Uh, yeah. I I mean, impressions and videos have been positive. Speaking of, okay, completely minor side note before we all jump out a window and never play video games again. Um, Into cardiac arrest. There's like way too much Mid-fall. Breath of the Wild footage on my Twitter <laughs> feed. The, the technology mm. of being able to compress videos down in, into an embeddable format for Twitter is is spoiling a lot of a lot of stuff I'd rather discover on my own. Yeah, that's why I v- was very vague about the power. Um, all I, I all I said is it has motion controls, but like I don't want to spoil what it is or what you can do with it. But uh, yeah, I I would like not to be spoiled on much of the stuff. But playing that demo or that uh, build of the game definitely made me reconsider the idea of playing it on the Wii U versus playing it on the Switch, because I think the Switch will be a better experience overall. Oh, balls. I, I mean, if you like the motion controls. I probably will. Uh, I think I'm good. I, I, yeah, so... so I, gotta say about I guess I'll just uh, wait. Maybe. Yeah, I, th- I think it's time for all of us to to have our heart attacks. Yeah, but first, uh, where yeah, can but first, we find before, before everyone? We can out. Jimmy, where can uh, we find you after after the heart attack? You can find me on YouTube.com/slash/SunderGamer. I will be putting up a Factorio review as soon as I feel I played enough of the game to write a review on it. Uh, probably soon. And you can find me on Twitter at SunderCR, which is where you can find everything that I do. Um, and yeah, where can we find you, Matt Visual? Um, you can find me at YouTube.com slash StarWarsFan69. Um, <laughs> and um, if I don't have Wars. going to cardiac arrest, I'll probably be stabbed by millions of Star Wars fans, even though I actually really like Star Wars. Where can we find you, George? YouTube.com slash bunny hop show. So I guess we got it in the podcast now.